Welcome to episode 16 of Morning Brew. I am, of course, Adam Sheridan. I'm Daniel Purcell. I'm Stephen, extremely stuffed up Burke. There we go. So the second time's the charm-ish. <laughs> you know, not too far Excuse off. Excuse me. Too far off. I didn't take my antihistamines today. Hang on while I do that. I'm telling you, take... He keeps going negative. What's with all this anti stuff? Get the pro-histamines. Exactly. What you, you want say? Negativity. You want positivity. Or just you don't want like histamines. You want histamines. Exactly. A hundred percent, Dan. It's like with the COVID test. You know what I mean? You get it shoved up your nose. They tell you you're positive. That's great news. It's always good to be positive. Everyone should be positive at all points in time. Nozzle's missing from this nasal spray, so I'm going to just snort it off this thing. This is how Steven goes downhill. Is this how wild you thought your, <laughs> your life would go? <laughs> <laughs> One time I snorted the the nasal spray off the cup off the <laughs> off the top. The toothbrush I'm, cover. I'm imagining the oh, fucking cops cover. busting busting some club, <sighs> even in the middle, you know, like <laughs> in, in like a, a Tony Montana suit, shirt up buttoned down to you know, halfway down and it's it's just antihistamines. It's just antihistamines. <laughs> it's for my allergies. I don't have allergies because I'm a big strong boy who eats all his vegetables. That has nothing to do with anything. It's just luck at the draw. Uh, I, just, uh, I just got lucky. Today wasn't too bad, but I just got congested. Probably because I knocked back a beer after work. Uh, there you go. I thought you were off today. Yeah, and then I had to work. Oh, well, yeah. That's a day's off typically go, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Stephen, you're off Thursday. Not anymore. <laughs> Stephen, could you work tomorrow after all? Okay. You're ceremonially yeah. off. It's like a symbolic yeah. day off. Yeah. So we're we're recording this um, basically just after E Tree has wrapped up. There's a little bit a little bit left of E Tree. Um, sorry to to peel these viewers back behind the curtain to date this podcast, but a little bit of E Tree going on. And uh, you know, as you can expect from from the internet and video games, is that no one has had a negative opinion on anything that has been shown in the past three days, which is always good to see. Um, you know. Video games get involved, no one ever gets angry, there's no dissenting opinions, uh, no one calls anyone else some kind of slur. Good stuff, it's a great community, everyone, everyone should be a part of it, I, I, I feel. I have to be honest, I, I didn't realise E3 was on. It's kind of it's kinda one of those things where it it's low like... Low-key this year, was it? Yeah, yeah. Normally well, we all sorts of meme content and stuff. Normally you have the really long, awkward presentations by like the Xbox host who clearly doesn't want to be there. And he like say the name of a of a franchise and hope he gets a cheer. And if he doesn't, he's fucked. Like, Mass Effect, yeah. guys, yeah, yeah, Mass yeah. Effect. I mean, in fairness, like you always have them having to announce these things, and it's great when you get to say like, "Oh, look, here's Gears of War six, and of course they all cheer. But no one ever feels bad for the poor bastard that comes on stage, hypes it up, and then says, "Hey, here's Just Dance Kanye West edition or whatever." <laughs> so like a room full of people who have never been on a dance floor in their life and it's like well that's for what? the trade audience i've i've often wondered how like do people get hyped for like like yearly games like would people get hyped for fifa where they just say, oh 100 like, yeah all your favorite yeah. players are coming back retailers as expected 100 percent. look at the sales figures for it i bet there's fucking yeah, tons retailers. of people that love no, but I, I think i think a lot of people who buy fifa or like madden or whatever essentially just to have the up-to-date version like i don't know if it's necessarily out of a sense of enthusiasm as much of as it, as it is out of a sense of incompleteness yeah but maybe how much, how much does it cost though like 70 70 euro not anymore not with the new systems dude now it's like 70 80 
Woof. Woof. Yeah. Uh, but like, come on, you drop that <laughs> on an afternoon. You, you drop that on two tickets to the Viva Stadium and a couple of beers. Like, if you're, if you're into lucky. Your sports. <laughs> yeah. If you're into your sports, you're into your sports, you'll do it. No, what I mean is that like, you'd be fucking lucky to get away with only spending 60 quid. Like, yeah, exactly. So, for the sports fanatics who want something to do in the downtime, down and many of them, I know many of them out there playing football manager and all that kind of thing, you know, playing the spreadsheet, you got to be done. Football manager is yeah. even worse than fo- uh, than FIFA for uh, because I... it's trying to pretend to innovate. And it just like, it takes like something where before it was three clicks, and I'm like, guess what? Now it's seven clicks. I don't, uh, I, I don't need innovation in a simulation game like a management type game like that, I just need to not play it because it'll ruin my fucking life. <laughs> um, because I somehow won't put it down. And all it is is this randomly generated text that comes up. Like, there's no substance to it. And I just, I can't peel myself away. And yeah. it's a real fucking problem. Like, I just, I don't know what it is. It's, I'm a fucking I have lunatic, exactly but... the same problem. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, I really can't. There's a game for the, for the iPhone. It's probably on Android as well called Letter. And it's a boxing simulation game where you basically run a a boxing gym and you have to train these these boxers that you bring in and sign the contracts and you you know you move them up ranks that kind of stuff. I don't know how much time I wasted on that fucking app and I had to delete it because I just couldn't I <laughs> I couldn't stop playing it. I just I noticed that like I'd be sitting there and then all of a sudden I'd have a phone in my fucking hand. And I'd be playing this thing for two hours, and I just had to stop. I just <laughs> I had to, I had to get rid of it. It's like if it's gone from the phone, I can't play it anymore. It's finished. Same problem with Railway Tycoon, with Roller yeah. Coaster Tycoon, with uh, any sim game you care to mention. Uh, it just absolute time sinks. Love it. It's great. Tremendous when you're sick, but um, yeah. Sometimes. Uh, what I love about getting addicted to a particular video game is how it starts to take over your everyday thoughts outside of the computer game. And you're just like, man, I can't wait to get back and uh, I wonder how <laughs> I can't wait to build a train line from Mexico City right up the right up the East Coast. Like <laughs> Steven's sitting on the front of a Dublin bus. What? Just like, what? <laughs> chugga, 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 chugga. I wish I wish I was on my fake trains game now. What and then leaving ten euro manager. at the Leaving ten euro at the Stevens Green shopping center to use the bathroom <laughs> because he's that's what he's priced it as in the game. <laughs> yeah. Or think of people don't talk to you with enough respect because they don't understand your achievements in the game. Don't they know okay. I took Preston North End to the Champions League in just four seasons? <laughs> I, I'm a treasure. Yeah. Fantasizing yeah. about picking people up with a giant tweezers and dropping them in a hole. Is that, <laughs> is that is... that's a that's a roller coaster kind of tycoon thing. So you taking, pe- taking guests who are really upset with you and dumping and drowning them. Does that improve? You're, your having, you're having a bad time. You're not going to get from one end of the park to the other. Uh, my death stats aren't too bad this year. Blop. <laughs> I mean, that's ultimately. Oh no, he drowned. How did that happen? Oh oh. That seems just like the equivalent of in The Sims putting someone in the pool and then removing the ladder. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly yeah. It's kind. It's kind of like a, It's kind of like a tropical where like you know people. Tropical for me is the opposite tropical, of civilization. There's another one. In civilization, like I intend to be to, to to do this as good as possible, and it never ends that way. It always ends in nuclear war. Because what else happens in civilization but nuclear war? I think we. It does nothing. We were in the middle of talking. Okay. About... So for yeah, for anyone that notices a gigantic awkward cut, we're sorry. Things failed. What would you know? I guess they melted in the heat. The great um, frog that uh, Discord is the dream of woke up for a small moment <laughs> before being forcibly sedated. 
woke up and croaked. Um, so we were talking about Tropico. Uh, yeah, it's not quite. It's not quite to the level. At least the lure ones. I don't know about them. It's not quite to the level of sewage. But yeah, I try and make it as miserable as experience as possible because my ultimate aim of Tropico is that I live there like a vicious dictator in a giant mansion made of gold, while people ultimately inevitably try and revolt against me and have me assassinated. Mm. And then I try uh, and play the game of how long can I go without being assassinated? And motherfucker, <laughs> I can go a long time. Good luck you, trying to get me. Do you have your dude wander <laughs> about the poor area? <laughs> like, yes, hello, peasant. Yeah, yeah he, I just dirty him up and he walks around and he's like, oh, us poor people on this side of the island, eh? I think the really interesting thing about... I think the really interesting thing about some of the newer sim games is that, uh, like that, if you make people unhappy or make your sims or colonists or whoever unhappy... Uh, they you the game punishes you effectively by taking away your agency unless yeah. you've which is which is tremendous i think <laughs> like for instance in in the excellent colony simulator uh, rimworld um if you if you make your sounds peasants upset i know i know what is, what is with this name i don't know but anyway they're mad for it Ask world's on the rim of on the rim of space uh, adam not on the rim of anyone's anus coming next oh. egg world they they suffer mental breaks and they won't talk and they won't take your orders anymore and they just wander around in a daze and if it's really bad sometimes they murder each other which is great seems (laughs) like it would be good at that stage for them to murder each other because then you wouldn't have to deal with that you know disobedient subject anymore the problem is uh it's actually I've been playing. I've had a a lengthy session with RimWorld in the last few weeks, in which I've built a very power, <laughs> very powerful com. Yeah, you dirty dog. Uh... <laughs> there you go. That's the title of this episode. I've had a lengthy session with RimWorld. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a it's been a very lengthy uh, game playthrough that I've had lately with that particular game, whose name I'm not going to repeat because Adam's a filth dog. It is. Uh, and I built up quite a powerful and wealthy colony. It was my first moderately successful colony. I was just like, I'm going to move to a better spot on the map. And uh, all my colonists have decided to get upset and start murdering each other uh, in the middle of the move because it's too much like hard work. And the problem is the more powerful colonists who've been with you the longest suffer the most devastating mental breaks, the most likely to go and murder each other. Because... Uh, and. and flip out in outrageous and ridiculous ways and cause serious harm. So it's all falling to shit now, which is (laughs) tremendously fun. Yeah, I I haven't played a a sim-type game in a while. Um, (laughs) But we we can... There's there's stuff. We have options. We can can jump into some stuff. I I used to waste so much time in Civilization, and that that was a fucking huge time sink for me. Um, I know we talked about it on the show a few times, but yeah, that that was a big time suck for me. Because mm. inevitably, I would get into a long game because you have to do the long game. I don't know what it is. Short games are not satisfying. It has to be the long you version. Haven't, you haven't earned it with the short game. The short yeah. game. Like, here's, here's knights. We discovered horses like in turn three. No, you have to wait yeah. until turn 100 for your horses. Otherwise, it doesn't <laughs> feel like you could earn the right. Yeah, you have to, to suffer. The first like four hours of civilization has to fucking suck. And then you yeah. start to have fun. Like that's, that's the only way to play civilization. I absolutely refuse to play Civilization with anyone that has fun in the first 15 minutes. That's not how the game is supposed to work. Agreed. And if anyone, if anyone is having fun at the start civilization. of Civilization, they fucked up. I've never played Civilization. We, could, we should do a, we can do a group recording. Okay. I can dig it. Yeah, we should do a group recording. We can, do, we can, I we can, can make it work. 
I can do. Or it. we can't. I guess people will figure it out eventually. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot announced uh, over the past past couple of days. Every, everyone's obviously very upset because you know that's the way they get. But Nintendo had a fucking fantastic um, conference tonight, which is. I think the only thing Dan wants to talk about at the minute. And I'm going to talk about some subset of it, but I think it's interesting that people say Nintendo had a, had a fantastic conference because they had such low expectations for them. Well, I mean, everything that I've seen get announced is right up my fucking alley. Like, they announced a new Metroid, fantastic, love it. They Advance Wars 1 and 2, for the first time since the Game Boy Advance is getting put over to a new console, fucking love it, excellent, going to buy that one day one. Uh, new Mario Party, new WarioWare, loads of shit. Just great stuff, everything people want. Apparently Breath of the Wild, I guess. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Were there any like industry panels on whether they should actually just do something really different for the next five years, given the tremendous shortage of processing power and new processing chips that's available on the international market at this point? No, I'm seeing, seeing as there's absolutely no supply of PlayStation 5s, etc. Like, I, what, 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 how, why, why, why are we going to bring out any new games? We're not just so, playing the games I already have. I, uh, I, actually, I actually almost bought a PlayStation 5 yesterday. Almost. Yeah, I still want to try. I no, no. I could have bought it. If you see one for sale, get me, get me one. I'll give you the money. Okay. If you really want me to, I can do it. I mean, they're very expensive. <laughs> I just want you to know. How much that. are they now? Like seven hundred quid? No, they're they're five hundred for the console or four hundred for the digital only version. I think. Oh. Uh... Yeah, so, like, if you buy the if you buy the new one with a game, you're probably talking like five fifty, five six hundred quid. Are we all gonna buy the PS Five? Oh, I'm absolutely gonna buy one. I'm just not buying one until at least after the wedding because I'm a fucking child. <laughs> and I, have to stop. I wouldn't have time to play it. I literally, I was about to buy it. I could have bought it, and I was thinking like, I'm gonna spend six hundred euro on a fucking toy that I'm not gonna play after like an hour. What am I doing? <laughs> Why okay, am well, I doing not, this myself? Let's not let's not rush out and buy our PS Fives then until after you get married. Somehow that's going to give you more time to game after you've been married. Is that is that the situation? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have a lot more free time after November, uh, which would be nice. There'll be a lot, there'll be, there's an awful lot of stuff shaking up at the minute. That How once, much fucking planning are you doing for this thing? A lot. It's a wedding. It takes a lot of planning and a lot of money. That's how it works. What is it? It's a dinner and a mass. Like, what's the deal? First of all, it's not a mass. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Look, I'm not getting a fucking... There's no church involvement. There's no There's fucking priest, dirty like, finger showing up to my fucking... My wedding. There'll be a priest tapping on the windows like, are you sure you don't want just a little ritual? Yeah, there's a ton of planning. You've done everything... everything you're going to have one of those... You're going to have one of those nonsense, like, uh, whatever, the spiritualist, spiritual, whatever, yes. non-religious equivalent yes. ceremonies are, like, are you going to plant a tree and some shit? No. There's got to be oh, a person good. that says a ceremony and then stamps a form. The same thing the priest does. Except oh. for without the gigantic amount of dog shit fluff you have to go through to get a priest to do it for you, including the three months worth of marriage courses you have to do in advance of it. How about you go and suck one? Because I am not doing that. How the fuck was the Catholic Church going to teach me about marriage? They're not. Surely a Catholic Church marriage course should at least have a few lessons on how to have sex, which would be entertaining to take just for the awkwardness of having a priest tell you how to fuck. I think, uh, I think some of the details of this stuff is online. Hang on. Well, how to have sex. Marriage. <laughs> but yeah, shockingly, um, what might be confusing is that material. literally everything to do with the wedding is all separate. Uh, so, you know, stuff like the food, stuff like the flowers, stuff like the band, stuff like the ceremony, stuff like the actual venue. They are all separate things. They all need to be organized and paid for and coordinated. 
and they need to be timed out, and there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Which Dan will have a nice headache with next year. Yeah, I've, I was just thinking about how stressed I'm getting hearing you talk oh, yeah. about all of this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then if your venue and your your um reception are far away from each other, good fucking luck organizing transport. That's a fun one. I don't think I am. I think I'm just going to take a survival of the fittest approach and assume that whichever relatives and guests manage to make it from one to the other deserve to be there. And if the rest get lost in the Madrid subways for all eternity, then that's probably their destiny anyway. I'm just going to hop in Los Taxi and get my way over to wherever I'm supposed to go. Yeah, That's Spanish, right? Taxi? That's a Spanish word? Yeah, I don't think it's lost. I don't think it's plural. But otherwise, it probably sounds right. Okay. Um, What I think I need to do then is pick a venue that's easy to pronounce. Because I can just imagine my northern relatives trying to pronounce like Matadero (laughs) or something. Matadero. 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 Maybe they're good at Spanish and you just speak presumptive about your northern relatives. I sort of assume I'm going to tell them what you said. It'll be the best at Spanish because the Dublin uh, or is so similar <laughs> to Spanish or. Antananarivo. It's all at the front of the mouth. Sounds a bit like a D. Antananarivo. Matadero. 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 Where's all the Cork people? Back to the Matadero, please. Is that the way the Cork people sound, is it? Hello. Matadero. To the Madero, boy. Aye. Fucking Danny Healy Ray. Aye, aye, aye. Madrid. I don't think I, I don't think Cork people want to be associated with Danny Healy Ray. I'll, I'll go against that. <laughs> should we? Ah, should we? Uh, it's only out the road, book out. Yeah, we can throw a topic in. I mean, I figured we were just going to end up talking about video games for the next hour, but like, we can talk about whatever you want. Well, I can say well, we're doing I, my video topic. game topic, which. Uh, Okay. It's heavily inspired by E3. So the, having E3 now shown the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, it brought back kind of all the memories of playing Breath of the Wild 1 for the first time and just kind of the experience that was. So I've heard it said that like Breath of the Wild 1 is one of... like It's, it's such a terrible game to go back and play because it'll never be as good as it was the first time you played it. And I sort of understand yeah. what that means. Like going back, especially to like a finished Breath of the Wild save, and seeing like all of what so Steve, have you have you ever played Breath of the Wild? No. So for, like, and for viewers who haven't, essentially, I just happens... like to say, I just like to say that apart from sim games, pretty much the only thing I ever play is first-person shooter games, and I don't care what you think that what 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 you real gamers quote unquote uh, think of me for saying that. I I, I don't care. I, I just don't play them. <laughs> if it's, it's uh, if it's on a console, I'm well. shooting. I, if it's on a console, the only interaction with the fit with the with the game world is pretty much shooting and walking around and jumping. That's it. Don't care. Any of this <laughs> collecting stuff. Uh maybe a few quests, mass effects, bit slow moving though, all that dialogue, you know, and and spells. Fuck that. Steven just wants to tell you. I did I did do I did now. do a melee only version of uh Fallout 4 or Fallout 3 or one of the Fallouts. Um <laughs> all of the traits of a classic non-gamer here. My melee only run in Fallout. My I I played the train simulation game so much that I picture trains in my day to day life. You know, <laughs> I see trains in my day to day life. I even lived beside a train station. Is that why you moved there? Infuriates Steve more than the idea. Part of the reason. Being criticized by nerds. Steven likes to sit on trains I'm and pretend that he's I'm definitely a nerd. I'm definitely a nerd. I'm just highly aware that my test testing computer gaming is extremely basic. Yeah, but like at the same time, though, when you put hundreds of hours into simulation games, I don't think you can be like, oh, I'm not a real gamer. All I play is Call of Duty and simulation games. 
this is the thing. I have to take the flack from real gamers for for liking first person shooters, and also take the flack time... for liking sim games and being a complete nerd. It's one not time fair, really. We one time we sat in Canvara drinking beers while you spent an exorbitant amount of time designing your town in Fallout Four. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Like radio towers and all the rest of it. <laughs> Were you there, Adam? That time I was playing uh, Far Cry Three. And certainly Steve and Owen were just having a great time watching me have a mental breakdown as I failed to take out a camp for about two hours. I kept being killed by people. I, I, tried, like, I remember that being strategies. really funny. I don't think I was there. I think I was there when Owen was trying to play Grand Theft Auto and we kept jokingly bullying him into fucking up during his missions. Oh, no. And then we'd rag on him when he'd like fall out of the car or whatever. I, I, remember, I think it was Owen <laughs> well, that was playing... What's the, what's the break button? Oh, it's definitely Y, and he pushes Y, and he falls out of the <laughs> car. Yeah, the and, then, and then you laugh at him for 20 minutes straight. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was there for that. I can't remember who was there for Fallout. Anyway, to go back to Breath of the Wild, so for, for Steve's benefit, as Steve is the stand-in for the audience who don't play, essentially in Breath of the Wild, you just like leave the cave, and you go out into this world, and there's a little tutorial area. But basically, there's this massive open world in front of you, and you can see scattered about all li- different kind of checkpoints you might want to go to like different towers that will reveal a bit of the maps different mini dungeons you might want to do and they're all colored orange and when you do them so when you go and you activate the tower you go into the dungeon they go blue and there's something really really sad about when you're in a finished breath of the wild game and everything is blue and there's no more orange anywhere around because what is like the most appealing part of that game is sort of you're traveling towards your your marker and then you say oh fuck there's another tower over there okay you're given six colored markers you can put on the map. Say, so, okay, that's going to be my red marker. So I remember to go there. Then you keep going and you see another and you're like, oh, I'll put another there. Keep going, you see a dungeon. Okay, that's going to be the green marker. And you... By the end, you have like 17 things that you want to do all at once. And it's a tremendous, exciting feeling. It's, it's very, uh, it, it really feels like the world is sort of overwhelming you with everything that there is there for the first probably six or eight hours of playing it. Uh, it's kind of then... like Nintendo does Skyrim. Is the best way to look at Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like you're a lot more limited immediately in Breath of the Wild, which is sort of deliberate. Like, you can't climb for very long to begin with. You um, you can't uh, fight off very strong enemies. You don't have very good weapons, blah, blah, blah. And that lim- limitation, which you eventually lose as you get a fucking motorbike and you get the most powerful sword in the game and all this kind of stuff is really, really... Not sad, but it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of annoying. Like, I remember... So in, in, in Breath of the Wild, there's a mission where you have to go and help the fish people by getting some thunder arrows for them because they can't touch the thunder arrows because like, it works on Pokemon logic, so they're weak to thunder. Um, so, you, so I went up, and you have to go, and, and it's like this big mountain you climb up uh, overlooking the fish city, and you go up there, and uh, there's a big, massive uh, monster, a, a lion, a lionel, which is basically a centaur, but with the head of a lion. Mm-hmm. And he's fucking, you, you try to fight him and he kills you straight away. So you're like, fuck, I'm just going to sneak around and steal his thunder arrows, which I do. But then he sees me and he starts charging at me. So I have to jump off the edge of the cliff in the wrong direction, I realize afterwards. So I'm floating down into the middle of this fucking area. See um, a bunch of other lions who start charging me. Realize I can't climb back up because it's raining. And when it rains, you fall off what you're trying to climb. Try to go the long way around. Get chased by a bunch of other enemies I'm too weak to fight and end up in the volcano area. And then I end up doing the entire volcano quest line before coming back, remembering I was supposed to be getting the thunder hours for the fish city and coming back into the fish city about 15 hours after I left it to begin with. 
with my with thunder hours i just bought in the shop elsewhere <laughs> and, that, and that kind of like kind of serendipitous uh, organic gameplay yeah there's the real sense that you are just a part of the landscape like you are reacting mm. to what's there and you really are under threat by it it's great and then after about 20 hours in the game 25 hours in the game you basically are the invincible killing machine that you are in skyrim after five hours in the game um we're in fallout aren't falling yeah. yeah and it just it loses a bit of the magic then i think yeah. like i think skyrim kind of keeps you engaged a bit more because you're traveling around the map and everything you see has something associated with it like you go and you say oh that's an interesting looking building and you go over and it's like the hall of stendar and there's a whole there's a whole military order in there or you see oh look what does this path lead me up to and then someone tries to ambush you and there's a whole plot with thieves or whatever whereas mm. a lot of breath of the wild like kind of there's a lot of cool stuff in the landscape but it's fundamentally kind of vacant or empty stuff. Like you'll see a giant skeleton, but it doesn't do anything on its own. There's a mini quest mm. if you go to one pub or one stable to take a photograph of all of them, but it, there's no, there's nothing happening around them, you know. And the work because the world is supposed to be semi dead, so you don't mm. see that many people and you don't talk to that many people. But what that means is that when you've kind of explored all the points that they've given you to explore, and when you can kind of sort of not threatened by the world anymore, it kind of feels very empty. So mm. you, it, yeah. It, it, you do sort of lose, and you're, you're thinking, God, the first 20 hours of this game were the best game I ever played. And now it's just a really good game. Yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of, as well, it does a lot of really cool cinematic stuff a lot better than Skyrim and stuff does. Because <laughs> Skyrim is kind of... Yeah, like, Skyrim's kind of janky, and even, like, the big moments are kind of, like, squished in there, and they, mm. you know, kind of feel exactly like the rest of Skyrim feels, just, like, yeah. a tiny bit different. Whereas, like, the big cinematic moments in... In Breath of the Wild, are like incredibly well done. Like the pulling the master sword out, that kind of stuff is well, is I think much much better. Breath of the Wild has one of the best managed emotional climaxes, I guess, in a game. Like where you know normally if a game really wants an, it goes to Rimworld. Yeah, it goes to Rimworld. <laughs> he has a mental break. He kills everyone. No, but you know, like most of the time when you're trying to do like a big emotional moment in the game, they do it in like a, a cutscene or it's through like interactive dialogue or. It's a, it's a mission, but it's not really a mission. It's, yeah. you know, go from A to B to C to D, and there's no actual gameplay threat there. But in Breath of the Wild, you can go to the castle, Hyrule Castle, any time. But it's always built up as a really dangerous area. It's hard to get into, so when you finally get there, you feel like it's a big deal. Mm. And then yeah. when you're going around, you realize that the music that's playing on the inside, and you normally end up sneaking into the inside, so it's the first music you encounter, is the old Zelda theme but played on an organ and played in a really sad way. And you feel very, very like you feel this dead kind of lost kingdom world in that environment. But then when you go outside, it changes to the exact same theme, but played properly on an orchestra with horns and strings and everything. And becomes much more uplifting and dramatic. And the uh. way they've done it is that it's not like the, the soundtrack will start again when you go outside. It'll keep playing the exact same tune at the exact same moment. And it's just the instruments switch over the moment you go outside. So cool. that moment then of being like, yeah, I am the hero of time and I'm going to reclaim this kingdom. I've seen all the bad that's happened and I'm going to fix it <clears> is really well managed. It's one of the most impressive bits of atmosphere design that I've seen in kind of any game. Um, so I, I think I, sometimes I'll still go on, log on to my old Breath of the Wild save and just go back to Hyrule Castle and just kill everything. Uh, drive around in the motorcycle. Drive around in the motorcycle, which is massively game-breaking, but it's still oh, very, yeah. very fun. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, it was oh. one of the silliest things they put in there, and it's kind of not even worth the effort of getting it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, like, it is, it's, it's incredible. It's ridiculous. 
what mean, did you yeah. think of the Breath of the Wild 2 stuff then? I haven't seen it. Um, obviously the reveal, it well, the reveal pretty much does, doesn't show that much about what the game is going to look like. It shows a few new um, abilities you might have. So, like, okay. again, again, Steve, one of the big appeals to the game, one of the kind of the things that made it so different and fun was that it gave you this kind of world where nearly everything in it was an interactable object and then a bunch of powers ah. where you can interact with the objects. So it okay. gives you... Like, oh, no, I, I watched a little bit of gameplay uh, at the previous E3. Yeah, so you kind of know... So it's like there's like a, a power where you can freeze something and then you hit it and then all of that stored energy is released all in one go. So you have people like climbing, like freezing a rock, hitting it loads, climbing yeah. onto the rock and then when the energy is released, the rock goes flying and they're standing on top of the rock and that's how they travel far distances. Yeah. Or you have people like standing on top of magnetic stuff and using their magnet power to carry them up and all this kind of stuff. So um, they've added a few more things. It looks like they've added one that reverses time and maybe another that lets you go through solid surfaces. So that looks interesting. Yeah. And they've sort of shown that like, yeah, for whatever fucking reason that we're not, that, you know, that explained via magic. They're, they're, cribbing, just... they're cribbing off Titanfall. Yeah, maybe. I imagine they're all they're, sort of cribbing they're, off. They're cribbing, old... they're cribbing off Titanfall. No, I'm only messing. I'm only messing. Um, but yeah, like so, you, you, you what they've shown essentially is that they're just sticking a bunch of the land up in the air now. So you have these big floating islands, sort of skyward swordy, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's really all they've shown. So there's not okay. that much to go on. But if you, I mean, to be honest, if they essentially release Breath of the Wild again, but it's new again, like all of the towers. Have He's to got a new hat. To, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want Breath of the Wild Malibu Stacy. <laughs> um, but they, could, they could release it again with just go to the towers again here are the new dungeons everything else is the exact same and i would be so happy with that just to experience breath of the wild through fresh eyes yeah so so you're saying that, i have to do a let's play well yeah. that's what that's what i was thinking there I, I mean it feels like that if we do a if we do a game night series on breath of the wilds and steven has to play because he hasn't played before um, and it seems like then if we do Breath of the Wild 2, none of us can play Breath of the Wild 2 outside of the recording because we <laughs> want it to be a surprise. So, uh -huh. you know, we're kind of setting ourselves up for failure there. Is it a multiplayer experience? It is not. Well, I don't know if Breath oh. of the Wild 2 is, but Breath of the Wild 1 is very much I would imagine not. It's, it's very much like a you go around, you slice shit up, you ride your motorcycle into the distance, got a rim world. Um, you, you guys, you guys can Skype in and web chat with me while I'm doing it and do like neck nominations, but for gameplay. Oh, we'll give you, we'll give you. You have to decide if we're giving you shit. Press Y to get out of the I car. I forgot about life, neck or... nominations. <laughs> <laughs> I See, neck we're... nominate Brendan to drink this glass of piss. <laughs> they're like they're all fucking nuts. Do you think they're still going? Do you think like no. the young people? But I hope they come back. That? I want to bring back neck nominations. I think that's fucking great. I think that's fantastic. I think what a great thing. Like we'll all die, and people will <laughs> be like, "Remember when neck nominations had disappeared?" But Morning Brew brought it back front and fucking center. Excellent. <laughs> what a fucking legacy to leave behind. So I have a question while we're on the Nintendo stuff, and um, before we move uh, on to, to Stephen's topic. So obviously, recently we've all discovered that you know. Batman doesn't eat pussy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's been uh, a very strange revelation, but, you know, I'm not surprised. Um, I think that he's... is genuinely the, the news or I was most like, this came out of nowhere, <laughs> and also I sort of assumed that this is the case. 
Yeah, I'm not surprised. I haven't read the character, but I assume that I probably a lot of places have fucking hidden rules about what yeah. sexual acts you're allowed to perform with their characters. Look, he's an alpha <laughs> male. He's six foot six. He's a billionaire. There's no way Batman eats pussy. DJ fucking Khaled doesn't even pu- eat pussy for fuck's sake. So there's no way Batman's gone it. If you really use logic to think about it, if you get Batman doing any sort of foreplay, that's the best you're going to manage. But just on the Nintendo front, Great though, visionary. Surely that means Batman can never be a character in Smash Bros, right? Because clearly Nintendo's characters would all eat pussy. Like, you're telling me Mario wouldn't eat a pussy? You're telling me he, he grew that mustache for the fucking hell of it? You know what I mean? I, I don't like think Smash so. Smash character who most obviously eats pussy. They're called Smash Batman. Brothers. Waka they call Waka themselves Waka Waka Waka. the Smash Brothers. Of course they eat pussy. <laughs> of course they eat it. You know, I'm just saying. It's, I fucking... I just think that that means that well, the biggest scenario and the biggest loss for humanity now is that we've ruled Batman. We can't have Batman and Solid Snake team up to fight Pikachu and Mario. Like that's we've now lost that in 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 our in our in our pop culture. I thought Solid Snake. What I, th- I thought Solid Snake was in. Oh no, he is. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, yeah he is. He can be there. Down. Solid Solid Snake definitely eats pussy. A hundred. <laughs> like, oh, look, I we'd have to. We'll have to find Hideo. You, Hideo you don't know he's been somewhere. there. Yeah, in and out. You've already. Well, it's been about five minutes, but. Yeah, no one that smokes that much has has ever said no to eating <laughs> pussy. I'm just saying, you know, he gets too much pleasure out of having it in his mouth. I would hope that a King K. Rule and Ripley and the various other dinosaur monsters don't. Have you seen don't, King? Don't try and what? eat pussy. King K. Rule's a crocodile. He has a giant tongue. Of course, he eats <laughs> pussy. <laughs> It's like asking if Gene Simmons eats pussy. Of course he does. He's been to RimWorld. Look at him. I just, I just feel let down. I just, are we in unison that there's no Batman and Smash Bros now? Like Nintendo, we're never going to associate what? with a like selfish, dirty, non-pussy eater. Wario is the Batman of Smash Bros. I think. Oh, uh, Wario eats pussy. Well, he is Wario now. eats pussy. Look at that. All the Wario think... where games are pussy eating metaphors. Why do you think Wario's <laughs> arms are so fucking strong? It's because he lifts the women up. He doesn't go down. He brings them up. He's actually a feminist icon. And that's why Waluigi's legs are bent so weird. Because he's, al- he's always crouched down in like a squat position. And that's why he's all like twisted up. Ah. Okay, okay, yeah. I thought you. I thought you were saying that like Waluigi was crouched down helping Wario eat pussy. Like he doesn't eat pussy. <laughs> He's more in a support role. I'm just saying, maybe well, back in the day, you know, maybe the old the old saying of like Sega does what Nintendo was was in reference to oral sex. But I don't think in 2021 <laughs> it is. I think now it's pretty clear that Nintendo is on the up and up with the oral sex stuff. And I think that Batman's now out. He was going to be revealed tonight, probably at E3, and now he's gone. He's out the fucking door. Sorry. We'll, we'll put in a fucking we'll put in a Tekken character. They definitely eat pussy. I you know what DC was... stands for in real life? Don't come. Ah, oh, there you go. There you go. I, I was watching. Speaking of, of of Sega characters, I saw some random fucking clip suggested to me on YouTube earlier, which was just Sonic getting a speeding ticket in his car and saying, "Oh man, I don't think they're going to accept. Got to go fast as a medical condition." <laughs> Was it was it for, was it insurance or something? I think it was like a, is there a Sonic TV show or was it a clip from the Sonic game or something? It looked modern enough. He was I don't know. A, that seems bizarre. He was wearing a a, a a bandana. I was gonna say a cravat, but it wasn't a cravat. Are are you excited or, for uh, are you excited for for Sonic the Hedgehog two to come out next year? In what will surely be the first movie you're allowed to see in cinemas? 
Cinemas I mean, are already I open. I've seen Sonic the Hedgehog one. Yeah, but you you don't want to sit in the cinema right now. Seems like a terrible idea. It's a, it's a small stinky I don't know. room. I, I think I'd take the risk with COVID to avoid seeing Sonic the Hedgehog one or two. But, but, I mean, surely if you're taking back. wait, surely you if you're the taking the COVID risk to avoid <laughs> seeing it. Yeah. So you go to the cinema as long as like. I might just take it. I'll close my eyes the entire time. Yeah, everywhere else on Earth is showing Sonic. Every surface except in the cinema. <laughs> they I'm assuming I'm assuming Sonic won Best Picture in 2020, right? Is that not what happened? Yeah, Anthony Hopkins won the Oscar for his portrayal of Sonic. How yeah, can they hold the Oscars? All, it was ben Schwartz. How can they hold the Oscars if there weren't any cinemas open? How can they do it without? Because Sonic release? the Hedgehog came out in like February. <laughs> it was like the highest grossing movie last year. It was the only one to come out. Was there nothing else like that that no. particular week? No, Disney was nothing. set to come out like two weeks later, and because of because of the pandemic, they had to stop that. So, so I think Sonic ended up being like the fucking number one movie of the year. No, the highest grossing <laughs> movie of the year was a Chinese film called Hi Mom, and the second highest grossing movie of the year was a Chinese film called Detective Chinatown Three. Mm. Um, but who reports those numbers though? Wait, no, sorry, this is 2021, so I, I can look at 2020. Uh, see? See? But also, who's reporting those numbers? Who, You know what I mean? Who's okay, reporting so, those numbers? No, so I, we've done this before. I think we've commented on this before, where the highest, again, the highest grossing last year was a Chinese film, and the highest grossing English language film last year was Bad Boys for Life, because it came out just before society uh, collapsed. I don't believe that Will Smith outsold Sonic the Hedgehog. Have you ever seen Will Smith go fast? No. <laughs> Also, what's even his catchphrase? I don't know. What the fuck does Will Smith say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. Something called Nomadland won Best Picture. Not I've heard Nomadland is very good. I never it was seen a weird, it. It was a weird Oscars because every film I basically had, like, I hadn't seen any of them. And not even hadn't seen them, but I was barely aware of any of them. I still haven't seen Parasite, which is probably a terrible thing to announce. Is yeah. that like, I just haven't, I haven't seen it. I really want to. I just haven't. I don't know what's stopping me. The last oh, fucking... Which one's Parasite again? I haven't seen that. Oh, Frances McDormand is in Nomadland. I'm yeah, all over. she won that. Did she She's win that actress or something? Parasite's the one about the, um, the Korean family. And mm. they start working for a rich Korean family. And that's all I'll say about the plot. Uh, that's Parasite. all I know about the plot. That Before... actually might be more than what I know about the plot. Before Society Collapsed, the three movies I'd seen last were um, Knives Out, Parasite, and Little Women. Which, I think Knives Out is like the last film I've seen in the cinema. All of those were brilliant films in their own right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Knives Out was the last thing I've seen in the cinema. I think, and uh, I think that was pre-Christmas? It was definitely Little Women for me. Does Lighthouse show your history for brilliant. films? I don't know. I, um, hmm. I actually. What's the last no. movie you guys seen? Just in general. Like, what was the last film you watched? Oh, the last movie oh. I saw. Um, yeah. It was the BBC's adaptation of Bravo 2-0 by Andy McNabb. I watched that. Okay. I watched that last night, I think. Um, did I watch was it last good? night? Or the night? No, I watched it the night before last. I thought it was, was, pretty, good? It was pretty good. Sean Bean's in it. Okay. Sean Bean, is, Sean Bean plays Andy McNabb. Okay. Uh, last, it's last the, the, the story of the Lost Patrol in Gulf War One. I. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Who I made it? it actually, like, was this, was this on the BBC? Oh, as a full uh, movie. Is it, yeah, is it, it was, a newer film? No, I torrented it. I think it came out in about ninety five or something, or maybe two thousand five, okay. late nineties, early two thousands. It's pretty. It's pretty good. I mean, it's quite cheesy in places, uh, but not an unenjoyable watch. 
Yeah, well, you know, those movies are supposed to be cheesy in places. They wouldn't. Yeah. They wouldn't be entertaining at all if they weren't. In fairness, quite well done for a made-for-TV film, I would say. Okay. I, th- I think the last movie I saw was a Spanish movie called. Um, was it? Oh, Mister Culture Carita. over here. Uh, yeah, definitely. I definitely understood all of it and got all of the <laughs> cultural jokes. <laughs> it's called Ocho Apelidos Catalanos or Catalanos, something like that. It's basically the sequel to a movie I never saw um, uh. about. Uh, 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 the civilian man and a Basque woman who fall in love, but they've broken up by the time this movie starts and she's getting married to a Catalan. So the civilian guy has to go to Catalonia and it's just then about how much he hates Catalans for the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Forever he hate Catalonians? I'm sure there's a healthy layer of irony. And like, I think that because the, 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 the Catalan is getting married, his mm. granny is super rich and uh. um, is dying. So they're pretending that Catalonia is independent. Um, so they've been faking news broadcasts, and then the whole thing happens uh, in the wet. Like it, the, the the wedding happens in this town where uh-huh. um, they're just acting like they're independent Catalans, and some yeah. right wing Francoist police officer hears about this, and he's like, "Fuck! The Catalans have declared independence!" And, like, <laughs> drives from Madrid to this tiny little village in Barcelona to to complain. It wasn't a bad movie, but I feel like I didn't understand half of what was supposed to be funny about it. There's just really is innocuous a, things. Is like it a, a comedy? Be, yeah. There's really innocuous oh, things like um, someone... Imagine saying, it was a drama. That would a, be so good. <laughs> so like, I want a pint of, of Cruz Campo because I'm a Spaniard. And Nuria said that was very <laughs> funny and I didn't really understand. But... <laughs> In fairness, though, Dan also demanded she turn off the subtitles. And she won't uh... fucking watch Father Ted with me. So there's no equivalent cultural exchange going on here. That's, that's probably fair. I feel like Father Ted is still. I good, mean, what culture is there here to what what culture is there in this country to absorb anyway? Not through TV, I mean, anyway. If we're doing a cultural comedy type thing, you can take the guard or a McDonald's. Dairy Girls, surely. Dairy Girls is good. Uh, why won't Why won't your uh, Why Why won't you watch Father Ted? She just doesn't like any old stuff. Like TV wise, she essentially doesn't like the look of the cameras from anything before two thousand and. 20. <laughs> so she'll only she'll only watch she'll only watch things that were shot digitally. Is that it? More or less, I think that's probably yeah. it. screens the wrong shape. She just think it looks it looks ugly, like the the lighting. The I mean, in fairness colors. though, even if Father Ted was done it's in like TV 2017, lighting. it still would have been ugly. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it was not. It's glorious gray pretty. hair is not ugly. Thank you very much. So she refuses to watch anything enough. that's shot shot with the like. The standard soap lighting diet lighting setup thing, yeah, for easy camera movements and stuff. I mean, she'll make exceptions if something's actually supposed to be really good, but have that's only a really, not... that's a really, really specific taste, <laughs> like really specific. Yeah, yeah, I, it's not mine. I can't justify. Rules out the probably rules out the thick of it as well, doesn't it? No, the thick of it looks modern enough. There is definitely a very obvious 90s look to some TV shows that there aren't to others. Mm. Sure, Dairy Girls. Dairy Girls is good. She liked it. We, mm. we watched Dairy Girls. She liked it. There you go. There's some culture she could soak up. Yeah. She mostly enjoyed that sarcastic nun who, let's be fair, is the best character in it. The, I only mm. seen the first season of Dairy Girls, but the reason I watched it is because Aoife was watching it one night. Um, <laughs> and there's a joke in there where they're asking what Protestants and Catholics have in common and they just keep saying differences. But one of the differences, Catholics watch RTE, and I thought it was the funniest fucking joke <laughs> I had heard in years. 
Like, just, it completely caught me off guard. Catholics watch RTE just sent me fucking rolling around laughing. It really fucking caught me. It's true, though. Catholics watch RTE. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> fucking love it. Love it. Great joke. Excellent joke. It's fucking incredible. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the last movie I watched was uh, Couples Retreat. Ah. The Robin mm. Williams one? No, no. The <laughs> Vince Vaughn one. Oh no. The Vince Vaughn where he teams up with co-stars. Um oh fuck, who is it that's in it? It's uh Jason Bateman. Uh-huh. Uh Jason Bateman's in there. Fuck, who else is in it? John Favreau. John I Favreau, yeah, yeah. Kristen yeah. Davis, Malin Ackerman, Kristen Bell. John Reno is in it. I haven't seen John Reno in anything Peter, in so long. Weirdly enough, uh-huh. Peter Serafinowitz is in it. Wasn't expecting him. Peter Serafinowicz is in like fucking everything, and you just don't. Yeah, he's in a lot it. of shit, but like I was, I just wasn't expecting. We were watching some weird fucking, we were watching some weird movie, um, and like you know, it just he just turns up, and it's like, oh, okay, uh, here's Darth Maul, I guess. <laughs> it's just so weird. He just turns up all the time. <laughs> or sorry, not Darth Maul because he was too big to be Darth Maul. He's just the voice. Imagine you idolize Star Wars your whole life, and they're like, hey, do you know what? We're going to put you in Star Wars. And like, when you get there to the set, they're like, oh, you're really big. Uh, how about you just make like noises, and we'll put them in as the voice instead? That's cool. Oh, yeah. ow. Yeah. That's <laughs> he solid. shows, he shows I mean, up make Darth him, Maul. Make him into a fucking monster, for God's sake. Put him in. Well, he was, suppo- he was supposed to play Darth Maul, but when he showed up, mm. they were like, oh, you can't play Darth Maul. <laughs> this is not the role for you, my friend. <laughs> We're really skirting the line with the whole Liam Neeson thing, so like, we really can't be doing you in here. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it was weird. The only reason we watched this because we were watching. Uh, we turned on a horror movie called Boo. Uh, about three minutes in, I said, "I'm not watching this. Let's watch anything else." And anything else was couples, uh, and that's how we ooh. got to that. It's uh, it's a long movie. It's if you've seen any like. Jason Bateman comedy or Vince Vaughn comedy, it's that. Uh, <laughs> it's just that with a different cast, and it's something. It's uh, <laughs> it's something. Also, it's, something it's Vince Vaughn being a bit like sardonic, but I'm, I'm not the only one who thinks this, that kind of shit. But also, weirdly, he's supposed to be like... They always do a thing with Vince Vaughn where he's supposed to be charming, and when he's supposed to be charming, I don't get it. Like when he, when he's like when his lines that he's delivering are supposed to be like charming lines. I'm just staring at the screen like, oh, oh, I'm. This is supposed to be like, like cute and charming, <laughs> and I just, I never, it never comes across that way. I don't know what it is about him, but that specific like set of lines he tries to deliver is just always kind of like, oh, oh okay, <laughs> like all right, I, I understand what you're doing. I get it. I just don't, I don't understand. Like I don't, I don't read it that way. It comes across weird. And of course, John Favreau is uh John Favreau. Apparently, Jean Reno was the voice of Mufasa in the French dub of The Lion King. Oh. Like, right. it, it, it's not that huge of a TV production market, so that makes perfect sense, you know? Mufasa. Mufasa. Mufasa How do we Mufasa, get that job? Mufasa. How do we get to be Disney characters in, in alternate dubs? Learn Irish Wait. and uh, read them for TG Car. Fear Simba. I think um, they. I think there's a bigger chance of Disney putting it in English with Irish accents on it than there is putting it in Irish. To be quite honest, <laughs> what circle of life in Irish? I don't know. I don't speak Irish, dude. I barely uh, speak English. Um, Moore and Teal. Oh yeah, it's the book Rohan Moore and Teal. Rohan Moore and Teal. 
doesn't quite run off you. the tongue as uh, as they intended. Ah, Simba, go hauling. I know what. Man, loan. No, um, that's what's what Leon, I think, is lying. I think I just said, lovely lunch. You're a good lunch. I forgot. I forgot. Okay, Coney, and on a now, Buckley Mara, SpongeBob Square Pants. <laughs> All right, cool. He's taking SpongeBob now. Steven, <laughs> did you have a topic for today? Because no. if you don't, I have a topic for you. Perfect. So I forgot. We'll do this to end the podcast. I completely forgot. But we did a real life thing recently uh-huh. where we all had drinks last Saturday. Uh-huh. Um, which is something we haven't done. I don't think the three of us have been in a room all together since Stephen's birthday the year before. That's true. Uh, so like, very, very, very long time coming. We've seen each other kind of since then, but not really. Yeah. Um, uh, so we all had drinks. Then Dan went home. But yeah, when Dan went home, Dan went home, though, that was not the most, uh, the most eventful part of the night. Uh, we were having drinks, and we went, then went to grab pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, oh, no. And, uh, <laughs> and I, so I'm walking into the pizza place. Obviously, you know, we're still wearing masks. We don't want to be, don't want to be all going in together. It's a small little pizza place, about the size of a chipper. So I go in on my own to grab the pizza. Mm-hmm. So I go in, and as I'm walking in, I hear this fucking idiot talk about intermittent fasting to some girl at the door. As if he's trying to get in there. Because, you know, the, if you talk about intermittent fasting to a, to a woman, they can't get their pants off fast enough. It's just, it's incredible. It's, it just, it's straight in. It just fucking, it, the, you know that scene in The Matrix when he gives her the cake and she eats the cake and the, like, the day inside <laughs> the cake just makes, yeah, it just explodes inside her. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what happens when you talk about intermittent fasting to a woman on, randomly in the street. So I think this is bizarre. Like, what a fucking, what a freak would talk about intermittent fasting in the wild. Like, in real life, sees you're talking about this for real. Like, this is, this is crazy. Intermittent so, fasting, or as some people like to call it, um, going to bed and not eating <laughs> while you're asleep. And then having breakfast or breaking your fast. So I, uh, I come out of the pizza place then, and I see Stephen hiding for some reason. Yeah. Uh, be- behind where the bank is. Uh, and Stephen, you can take it from there. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, by this stage, I had thrown on my hoodie and uh, was using uh, was using Eva, Adam's fiance, uh, to shield myself from my former <laughs> housemate, uh, <laughs> with whom I had to live and enjoy this endless fucking conversation about intermittent fasting uh, for a good five months of the Dan, pandemic. We period. ran into Red in the oh, fucking fuck. wild. Sake. Right after you, what are the odds it. that the only person I've ever heard talk about intermittent fasting ever in real life outside of the internet, and it's him? What a fuck! And I thought this was bizarre. Like this person talking about intermittent fasting to a woman in the middle of the night. What a fucking weird creep you are! What a Get fucking also, out of here. also, Steve, isn't this person like physically falling apart? Like, don't they just like drink milk and that's it? That's their eat meat and that's their entire. It seems diet. to be that way. Yeah, that's all I've managed. I mean, to you could. De- he definitely looks la- like there's a, a lot man. Of, there's a lot of calories in lager. He definitely looks like a man that drinks a lot of milk and eats a lot of lamb that he got on discount from Tesco. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, it's the only thing I've ever seen him cook is meat. Oh, I I fully believe it. <laughs> and that yo and that yogurt based digestive aid ingredient to drinking. Ah, oh, Yakult. Kefir. Uh, kefir. Oh, yeah. kefir is it? Oh, okay. I drink kefir. Sutherland. Yeah. We just call him Kiefer Sutherland and bleep the other mentions of his name. How's that sound? Ah, fuck him. 
Kiefer. If he identifies himself, that's his problem, not mine. We just said a color, not a human name. No yeah, exactly. Called that. If you want to come out and sh- share to the world that you're telling a woman at three in the morning that, like, you know, humans need to lose body fat in general. Not you, though, love. Like, I'm not saying yeah, you're just... too fat. Oh, yeah, you tell him, tell him what you overheard exactly. <laughs> so he's talking about intermittent fasting as I go in, and I think this is really strange. What an odd thing to say. But the exact phrase that stuck with me, and it's still in my fucking head, <laughs> is he said, humans in general need to lose more body fat. Then he paused and went, oh, not that I'm saying like you do. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, if you like, if you're, if you see, oh, a woman we all do strange like, things in desperation for love, Adam. If you see a woman and you think, oh, how, like, how can I get this woman's attention? First of all, bring up intermittent fasting. They love it. When you tell a woman, hey, don't eat so fucking much, they love it. And then when you tell them, like, hey, people need to be less fat. Uh, you, I mean, not you. You like, you don't necessarily need to be less fat, but maybe like, don't eat as much. They love it. It's there's nothing that a woman likes to hear more than don't eat so much and don't be so fat. And like, they're just right in there. Like, three in the morning, you're waiting outside a pizza place. That's the ideal time to find a fucking soulmate. At the very least. Uh, gals, if, you, if, if, if he brings up intermittent fasting on the first day, just run. Just, yeah, like, it's fine. Literally just go out the back the door. Go to... Uh, the, yeah, you could call the guards if you really wanted to. Uh, straight to the bathroom. Uh... Take, and make sure you take your phone with you. And just say, I'm going to bring my jacket just in case it's cold in the bathroom. <laughs> Wasn't there a 30 Rock joke where Liz Lemon got famous for publishing a book called A Deal Breaker, which is like, ladies, if he, you know, if, if he won't pay for the first meal, that's a deal breaker. And surely one of those is if he talks about intermittent fasting at three in the morning in a, where'd you, you went for pizza. If he talks yeah. about intermittent Domino's, fasting, just forget about it. That's a deal breaker. Of all places to find him too. He doesn't live anywhere near me. Did he get Domino's or something? What did he get in his pizza? I, I didn't see him with a pizza. I assumed he was he... just there to watch, was he? He just yeah. came up to like, sorry, I'm not eating right now. I'm fasting. I'm in my fasting window, uh, which yeah. means like, you know, I can't go down on you. But if you want to go down on me, I can accept that. That won't break my fast. <laughs> <laughs> the DC villain. Yeah. That's how Batman gets out of eating pussy. Sorry, babe. My intermittent fasting window. <laughs> <laughs> got to stay cut, you know. I got to do this or the Joker will win. <laughs> 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 yeah, fucking bizarre. By the way, Dan, everything, every way Stephen has ever described this human is exactly it, like, oh, like to the fucking letter. Like, yeah. I, I can't believe. I should have assumed when I seen him that this is who this was. But of course, why would you? That's insane. No, no, it was shockingly somehow. It all made perfect sense once he told me. Incredible. Did you smell him? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> That's Thankfully, a surprise. You must nose... have given up the vape. Uh, thankfully, my nose doesn't work properly, so I I got away with that one. <laughs> one of these Excellent. people you can smell coming. Yeah, that has been the impression we've gotten. I just <laughs> insane. What a fucking nut job. Maybe he also undertakes intermittent washing. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> I can't get cut <laughs> if I don't if I wash too much. It's natural oils your body needs. <laughs> I scrubbed the abs off. I paid for the nutrients that made up that dead skin. <laughs> like, by God, I'm not giving them away for free. I'm just imagining him sweeping and then just putting the pan <laughs> into his mouth. Recycling oh. my own. It's my like own that. It's like mouth. that fucking awful scrubs joke where Elliot's like, one time I got really bad sunburn and I peeled it all off, left it in a pile, then ate it later. What? <laughs> I don't remember that joke. I probably fucking traumatized it out. Yeah, if she does that, and immediately uh, Dr. Kelso's like, Dear Lord! And, like, storms out of the room. 
Everyone knows you can't do that. All, Just all because you never, scrolls. you never get the skin off of one layer. That isn't that also a isn't that a Malcolm in the Middle joke where he pee, he gets sunburned and he peels it all off in one layer, so he has like a yeah, skin suit, and he's like carrying it around yeah. on a hanger, and then yeah. uh, Lois accidentally hoovers it up, and he's like, "Whoa, that could have been me. Life is so <laughs> fragile." <laughs> oh, uh, oh no, disgusting, terrible, fucking awful, vile things. Okay, um, I think if that's all we've got, I think we can wrap up this episode. I think we, I think it's been a it's been an episode. <laughs> In all honesty, I pushed for us to record as soon as possible so I could finally hear what this good content you've been teasing me with was, Adam. <laughs> I got a message the morning after being like that. Next next episode where we have some good content coming your way. I almost forgot too. <laughs> I almost forgot because of how last minute everything was. Did it live up to the hype, Dan? Were you expecting yeah. what we did? It, were you expecting this at all when the it went to your head of what this could be? The moment I heard intermittent fasting, I was entirely <laughs> expecting what this was. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even I didn't put it together until Stephen told me after the fact. Oh, Stephen's playing with his Lego now. He has a Lego JCB. Uh, Every time I see a JCB, I think of that fucking song, "Me and My Dad and His JCB." Do you remember that? The one is that my dad's Bruce Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That comes into my head every fucking time I see a JCB, and I don't know why, because I've probably heard the song once. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Sorry. playing with his diggers is exactly what you would expect. This is the topic I was going to bring up, was uh, Earth Moving Machinery. Well, Okay. Are we well, fourth topic? I mean, do you oh, want no, to? No, it's, no, it's, no, it's a, no, it's a super short topic. Uh, okay, I, advise everybody, I advise everybody just to Google uh, Shake Hands with Danger on YouTube. Tremendous retro safety film from Caterpillar USA. Good crack. Oh, that was a short topic. Okay. Okay. Is that, is that all you've got? You just have the That's all I got. Hey, that's all I got. Good. Now, look, a recommendation to end the show is a good recommendation. And I guess yeah. with that, that's what we call an episode, baby. In the books. I, of course, have been Adam Sheridan. I'm still Stephen Burke, and I'm less congested than at the start of the program. And I'm as I'm as Daniel Purcell as ever. Of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you can support us by liking the podcast on Spotify. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Share it with your friends. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, if your name is Red, do not listen. Get the fuck off this podcast. If I find your IP address, I will ban you forever. Um, and outside of that, everyone have a good week. Goodbye. Ciao, baby. Bye.